Hi, and welcome to the Sovereign States of Mind podcast, where we explore the idea of sovereignty and what it means to reclaim authority over our own lives, creating healthier mindsets and a healthier world for future generations. My name is Jordan Herbs. With me today is Shane the Bee Guy, and we're excited to have you along for the ride as we learn and discover more about the world's workings and happenings and how we can gain more independence from the state and corporate entities that control the many resources is the resources we need to thrive we uh often find ourselves realizing that there's so much we need that we just have no control over and if it disappears then we're kind of maybe screwed so if you're interested in learning more about me and my life, uh, we live in Hawaii. We have a homestead we're developing. We have a YouTube channel. It's called Family in Paradise. And we try to implement many of the values that this podcast discuss. And uh, let's get started. Shane, could you give us a brief rundown of you, your life, and how you got so into bees? Oh, I don't know if I could be brief about that. Uh, but... Uh Beekeeping is my religion, and uh, they are the key to my ultimate joy and happiness, along with my kids. But uh, I'm sure many of us are wondering why and how that's even possible. Well, sustainability was an original thought. It was a pipe dream, though, having lived a very commercial-type life in Phoenix and... Uh, business owner for a commercial landscape company and and uh, you know tree climbing and and living that rat race type life uh, I became ill ill with addiction issues and also cancer and um, bees changed everything for me how did bees change everything for you well it's proven that their venom is not only anti-inflammatory but it chases cancer away. Bee sting therapy. That's right. Bee venom therapy. Bee venom therapy. Yeah, it's all immune disorders. Anything immune disorder related, um, even things as you know, f as as strong as HIV, MS, uh, but most in particular Lyme, and that is a portal that we could go down maybe in a different podcast. But Lyme was a Lyme disease, you mean? Correct. Mm. Was a obviously a created uh, parasitic type. Created? Uh, oh, yeah. How is it obvious? Well, there's evidence that in Connecticut that it was created and got away. But, interesting. Um, oh, interesting. But, yeah, you, maybe your viewers might want to go down that rabbit hole. But Yeah, we'll save that for another time. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I have heard of bee sync therapy before, for sure. I know a friend that, like, totally healed their knee. Yes, uh, just by letting a bunch of bees sting him in the mm -hmm. knee, basically. That's right. Uh, it's, it's, the anti-inflammatory properties alone of bee venom is all that anyone really needs. Like I'm fasting from sugar right now, and I had broken my finger maybe about a week and a half ago, and I was having constant pain. Not having sugar for three days, my, the pain's gone. Because it's so f inflammatory. Sugar. Correct. Mm -hmm. But I love sugar. I I eat sugar all the time. Honey. Honey is sugar. And I, I'm still eating honey, but that's the only sugar uptake I have right now. Right. And, I mean, once again, this is a whole nother ball of wax, but when you, when you eat white refined bleached sugar, 
you're just inflaming yourself right. and it actually feeds cancer and spirochetes are a nano size uh, parasite that Lyme is associated with and bee venom chases them away interesting yeah but that's a big part of what made such a significant impact into my world was I was able to fast and experience bee venom therapy on myself uh, with myself doing it all by myself and the Gershan uh, meditation combo um, and I passed the cancer out of my body on my own I, I needed nothing besides the bee venom and the fasting holy shit 31 days I ate no food wow and so are there records of this or are you able to like demonstrate to people that this is real because I'm sure people hear this and think it's a load of horse shit <laughs> you know what I mean like there's no cure for cancer or right I, I mean, I, of course, have witnesses, but currently mm -hmm. I work with people that have different types of cancer. And yes, uh, in the years that I've been doing this, bee venom therapy, I've been doing it about 12 years. Um, I used to not talk about it because I killed the bee. Uh, so this was hard for me because I wanted to share all the healing properties and information about being with bees from vibration, smells, all the way to the bee venom. Being with bees cured my PTSD, which cured my addiction issues. And I have the power over myself now, thanks to bees, which is why I say they are my religion. Uh, bee sovereignty. Bee sovereignty, bee sovereign is such an important aspect because we need to be sovereign of everything because I am not my body and I'm not my thoughts. I'm also not my emotions, but they're mine. Mm -hmm. And as long as I maintain my sovereignty, I understand that there you are sitting over there, Jordan, and here I am sitting over here. And even though we are working together in a mutual aspect right now, there isn't anything that you can do to change me. It is my choice to change, including my feelings, my thoughts, uh, and bees help me to see that which broke me from my addiction issues, which, mm. you know, self-love is a big important thing, but the vibration aspect, it, it got me to face my PTSD issues. So what do you mean by vibration aspect? Like the literal like buzzing of the bees? The buzzing of the bees. And like when they're touching you? Not just when they're touching you, but, but uh, in their hive in particular, right now we're building bee beds. <laughs> a friend of mine has built the first chamber um, but it's, you know, we're, we're in Pune, so we're using limited resources, and we need each other. That's the other thing about living here is, and part of being sovereign and living sustainably, or at least trying to live sustainably, we need to work together. We need to help each other. We need to work with one another. We need to do favors. We need to build community. Yes. Yeah. Community is the biggest important role because then we can share money with each other. Versus giving it all away and buying the, you know, paying the corporate entities. Yeah, or even just using Visa and MasterCard and then they take 3% out of your community every time. There, see? Yeah. And it's little things like that, but without getting too off topic, um, the, the bee venom therapy doesn't just include the stinging. It includes the smell of the hive. They've proven this to actually help regenerate brain activity certain types of brain activity specifically but then um even honey it's it's it falls into a category referred to as apotherapy hmm. and it's a whole culture 
and I've been studying this for years and years, but um, I had a hard time talking about the bee venom because I was killing the bee. But now I developed a method that I've taught many, many people in the world to do, which uh, I use special hook tweezers. Those hook tweezers, I grab the bee, I hold the bee properly, and apply the bee with the, with the tweezers, holding that stinger there so that I could lift the bee off. Oh, I could lift the bee off without. So, yeah, just so it. in case anyone forgot, bees die when they sting you. Yes. Right, so I guess there's kind of like this almost disrespect that could come into the equation where it's like, well, the, I need to heal my cancer, so these bees are going to die. And depending on how you view the circle of life right. or your opinions or it's a, how important it is to respect and honor other life forms, then this is an important uh, thing to think about. It is. It's a really <laughs> if we're important use thing. Bees to heal ourselves. Right. If we're going to use an animal to, to help heal us, then are we actually creating community with that animal mm. and that was what i spent after after my 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 big change and you know working with killer bees in arizona and literally just completely changing my entire life all of what this flip was of a switch because of how magical these creatures are i realized that i needed to not only make significant personal changes in regards to choices that I make about food, about how I make money, but how I treat animals, plants, and other humans. Totally. And, and that took years to change bad habits. It took years to make myself sovereign. Um, yet here I am still to this day working on that. That's a, it's, a, it's an always growing process. But once I finally discovered that method, now I'm about 90% of effect, effective keeping bees alive when I do bee venom therapy. Wow, cool. Yeah. And more so, I want everyone to be able to have alternative healing and so much so that it's not called alternative anymore. So if people are interested in learning more about this, uh, where would you recommend they start? Well... There's bee venom therapy pages and groups on social media. And I always recommend to go there first because Google will only show you the, yeah. Man, it's challenging because, you know, especially now that people will, will watch a YouTube video and think that they know something. But yeah, it's the SEO industry. Right. Basically, it makes it a whole game of keywords. So you show up on Google. Every pay, every every result on the first few pages is essentially the same content recycled in a different format. That's <laughs> what I've noticed for a lot of things, not with everything. Yeah. But when we're talking about some of this, I guess, esoteric stuff, which I hate to use that word, but stuff that's not always accepted right. by the mainstream discussion, then yeah, as we learned during COVID, we have to look elsewhere for the dialogues, for the discussions. And social media is a good place to do that. Yeah. I agree. I've learned more about branding, creating content, uh, starting online media projects on Twitter by following people than any amount of Googling can do ever. Right. Like we are like the peer to peer. It's the biggest resource there is. It's yeah. the strongest resource. And every time, and granted, Twitter is a middleman. Facebook is a middleman, just like Google. Mm -hmm. 
But when it comes down to just sharing information together, I feel like that's our most optimal route to learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So check out Facebook groups or check out social media groups about bee venom therapy. And other countries have modalities that are currently being used. One of the people that came that lives here that sought bee venom therapy for severe calcification of her jo joints and bones, gout issues. She... Um, suffered so bad that that her hands were completely swollen stiff like this rheumatoid arthritis she couldn't open her hands wow after one bee venom therapy session she was moving her hand and then i got her up to about 12 stings and she opened her hands one session 12 stings or oh she before she left to go get hundreds of stings at once she was up to 22 stings. So how many stings in the first session? Well, that depends on the body. I, I'm observing everything, you know, like a, I would say I'm a backyard geneticist. So, you know, I look at your eyes to see how healthy you are. I look at your feet to see how healthy you are. If your toes are relaxed and your feet are spread, you're a little more open. But... Um, Without triggering too many of your viewers, if you had if you have swollen joints in your feet and your toes are scrunched, then I'm going to be doing a little bit more analytical um, viewer viewing of your body. Interesting. Because you could have a challenging reaction. And, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time. I've stung, stung hundreds and hundreds of people. Wow. Um, and I've had two anaphylaxic shocks what is what is an anaphylactic shock well long story short it's the body's inability to process a neurotoxin uh -huh. so immediate hives and extreme swelling um but neither time did i have to use an epipen i have them hidden everywhere because i don't want to even instill into the mind that that might be a reaction especially for someone new so that's the question is and on the first visit i generally only do one sting but i can tell like you i'd sting you as many times as i felt it, it was okay because you you're healthy you understand the mind's ability um you to heal to heal yeah yeah so when we get into you know severe anxiety places you can amp up everything while shrinking your capillaries. And, you know, the blood flow is so important. And, yeah, I've had two reactions where I, I basically you have to talk people off the ledge and you have to get them back into that cool, calm and collective space. Cold temperatures help and water helps. And then you get people breathing again and they come back down to earth. That, um, but it can it can be scary. So because maybe, of the pain, essentially. Not only the pain, but the, everyone has this idea that that when you experience a neurotoxin, you you you're allergic. Everyone is allergic to to bee venom. Everyone. See, I feel wow. Okay, there's a few things I want to unpack out of all of that. Right. <laughs> and I know we're missing stuff too. The power of the mind. 
in yeah. the healing. Yeah, so that's one thing I learned from entheogenic plant medicines, from ayahuasca, was it ain't the plant doing the healing. Nope. It's me. Mm -hmm. But that plant helps open the door. That's right. That's why uh, I've always found marijuana to be a very powerful tool, because it gives you an awareness of something that needs to be done. And in a lot of cases, I've found I can f generate a lot of well-being just by, like, humming or yeah. doing an ohm or, like, I'm screaming, I guess, in some cases, if I'm feeling comfortable enough. Hey. But generating sound has always been like this really unique healing experience for me that I don't want to say it's unexplainable, but it, it's so that pitch, though, the sound to make, I have always felt was plant was prompted by the plant or prompted by the medicine, whatever we call it. So in Western medicine, the medicine just covers up the symptoms, makes you feel better. Hopefully your body will process it, you know, on its, in its own term. You take the ibuprofen, it makes your headache go away, right. and then eventually you don't need to take it anymore because your body took care of the headache as it would have anyway. Yeah. And then you got liver stuff going on. Right. Uh, but when we look at other even Eastern med medicinal practices, Chinese medicine, uh, Ayurvedic, it, it's really about going into the cause of it and kind of equalizing, creating an equilibrium out of something that's out of balance. And this dichotomy here is what I think a lot of people are tapping into when we start to realize how bullshit yeah. the system is and how fucking crazy healthcare is in this country, especially. This country in, in particular. In particular, this country, yeah. It's, it's against the law to even, you know, talk about talk about what i'm doing <laughs> well you're live streaming uh but yeah well but that's the point is like who's gonna fucking stop you exactly. and who's gonna fucking stop the people that want to heal their cancer you know what i mean so the government the rules only go so far uh until it becomes time for the people to take take control back to, to reclaim authority and uh, all you need though is to see one person heal themselves of cancer and what they do to with themselves after we got to fix that mic because you keep Sorry. banging it it's, yeah, it's, it's a little close um these aren't podcast mics so we do got to be close to them for the audio to be as pristine as possible but that also means risking hitting it with i'll quit talking with my hands yeah well it's important right that's why i do these in person so we can be real like together oh i wanted to show this coin okay this is a pure silver coin that was gifted to me by someone that healed themselves of cancer. And that's, it's really important to also mention, like you were saying, the vibration or, or, you know, it's not necessarily the plant that did any of the, the, the healing. It's, so, it's you. Mm -hmm. This is pure silver, huh? Yes. And that coin Beautiful. is over 2,000 years old. What the fuck? That's how much that woman appreciates bees she she found that coin to gift to me how is it so clean well i keep it on me constantly oh what two thousand years you weren't holding on to it for two thousand years i That's keep crazy. this i keep this coin in my pocket every day i check on it i don't know obsessively during the day because you know i can work with several hundred people and only lose three people to cancer and those are the three i think about Mm. So the power of the mind here and the sovereignty that we can 
choose to live under, to live within, if we just acknowledge the power of the mind. Right. So what we're saying essentially is this bee venom therapy stimulates a response. And then you, I mean, if you're just agreeing to go be stung by a bunch of bees, you got to either be desperate enough to believe it. I mean, that's basically it, right? Or you, or you just already know that it works. You already believe it. I'm going to go do it. Like, boom. I've never done it, but I, I have enough friends that have done it to know that, like, yeah, if I, like, I have something going on. It's not really with my knee, but it's, like, with the knee, the muscle that connects my knee. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I thought of was bee sting therapy. And I, I don't know why. But the first thing that came to me, because I don't know how else to heal it. I'm a yogi. I do plenty of yoga. My body's mobile. Like, I'm healthy. I'm fit. But there's something weird with this muscle that I haven't been able to align. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I think I even asked you about it a while back. I'm like, maybe I just need to do some bee stings. It it, it works. (laughs) On muscular things as well? Well, you you also mentioned you do vibration or sound uh, oming. You know, bromery is oming, basically but it's at the pitch of the bees. And the sacred tribe of Melissa, they use Brahmari. And um, all you have to do is be around a woman that can do this. And we have a couple of shamanic keepers on this island. And uh, if you're around or in the room while she's doing that, that, that uh, Brahmari, your thoughts disappear. And that is what I think is the biggest benefit of bee venom therapy. It not only challenges all of those destructive patterns and thought patterns, they're gone. And it's not just because of the sharp pain that you're receiving. It, it, there's something else happening. Mm. But then when you are in the bee chamber smelling all those amazing smells, aromas, but hearing and feeling the significant vibration that's always consistent, it, it leaves no room for illness. Mm-hmm. It leaves no room for disease. But it requires a, a proper surrendering of the mind into it. But they'll make you, is what I am saying. They, that's it powerful. will make it happen. Well, that's the power of uncomfortable situations as well. That's why we like ice baths yes. and saunas. Right. It's because it's not comfortable. We're in there because we know it. It's mm-hmm. good for us. We know it. And it brings you past that threshold. Yeah. And yeah. The, 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 the pitch and the vibration that the bees operate at, it, it's been proven to heal PTSD. Um, but yeah, like the, the overpasteurization of honey removes all the pollen content. So it, it doesn't even quite have the proper constituents if you're buying honey off the shelves. Can, so, we, can we talk about your PTSD for a minute? Sure. Do you mind sharing? I don't, I don't know how personal. I might cry go. a little bit, but. <laughs> so I just, I'm just really curious how, even if you don't want to share what it is exactly, but how, how bees cured it. Well, I wasn't. See, well, that's. Helped cure it. Helped cure uh, it. Right. Yeah, stimulated the, the I wasn't healing of it. quite conscious of my behavior. I wasn't quite conscious of the world around me. And you were selfish, didn't treat people correct. with respect. Yeah, correct. I know that story. Yeah, <laughs> and it, I didn't realize it. I did, I did not at all. Of course, we can't when we're there. Right, yeah. and I also was ill, and I didn't realize that either. So if you don't take care of your body, it's more challenging to take care of your mind, and your behaviors are associated with those things and your emotions. So 
if you're just ignoring all these things that happen to you or blaming everyone else. <laughs> blaming the world around you. Yeah. yeah, your situation. Oh, my childhood was this and oh, this happened to me. You're not doing the work. And, you know, I thankfully, you know, have been given multiple chances at this thing we call life. And, you know, by finally seeing and taking a look at myself in the mirror and, and I didn't have to go run around doing like some kind of apology to anyone or anything. I'm, I'm probably not going to do that. I hardly ever say I'm sorry. You know, my, my sincerest apology is me working on myself. And, and showing up right. with those changes. And yeah. showing up with those changes. I, I don't know, you know, if unpacking everything all the time and process with people is something that is a good use of our time and space and energy. I think, you know, mainly focusing on the healing aspect. So you get to look at those things that happened to you or took place in your life. And bee venom therapy removes the story attachment. Bee venom therapy removes the story attachment. So it removes the like the potential like victimization. It removes Yes. Interesting. So how does it remove that? That part is where you get into that esoteric experience. I could talk about the sixth dimension or planet Venus. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. But that's that's it. Okay. See, you know, like Western they, okay, just here's one basic principle. Okay. Western medicine theory tells us that small doses of something will create the body's response to do what it needs to heal itself, right? So if you have a small dose of something, you will build some certain properties in your body that will potentially rid of whatever the illness or cold or cough or whatever the symptoms are, right? Um, Eastern medicine uses very, very like exact healing modalities. And bee pollen is a really good example. So nowhere, no how, no way, shape or form does local honey heal you of your, um, allergies we cannot prove that that's like something people believe it's, right it's like you do eat local honey for a few weeks before you go into the countryside or wherever you won't have allergies right or that's not true or when you arrive at some place and yeah, you're having right. hay fever or, right. or allergies have honey have Doesn't honey work. eat honey that's it you cannot apply western medicine theory to eastern medicine actual healing local honey it, 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 it's scientifically that that's not how it works how does this i don't understand exactly how how is the eastern medicine so specific what makes like bee pollen so specific it Come. contains the 22 23 essentials found in nature so uh, are you saying that it's more about just overall health yes and like that platform keeps you healthy as right. opposed to just like okay let's trigger the response with this medicine and then maybe your body will create this and then you'll feel better right but there's still kind of a degree of dependency i guess well not only that that the, the the what i would just promote all the time is if you cannot shake your beekeeper's hand don't buy the honey so that brings us back to 
sustainability. It brings us back to food sovereignty. Food sovereignty. Building communities, building relationships with local farmers. This is what Texas Slim and I talked about last week yes. in the beef industry. Right. And what the beef initiative is doing is connecting local ranchers to the consumer. They can call it D2C, direct to consumer. So you get your beef straight from the farmer. You should get your honey straight from the farmer. Yeah, from the You keeper. buy it from the shelf. It's been heated slightly, pasteurized, at yeah. a minimum cut with a hot knife, the cappings, which melts the pollen content. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pollen will heal you. It can be from New Zealand. It can be from Australia. It can be from Puerto Rico. It doesn't matter where it's from it, as long as it's pollen. As long as it's And so good why is pollen. pollen... Okay, so pollen is sold separately for that reason, I well, guess? Well, it's in quality honey. It's in real honey. It's in real honey. So in the honey we have that yeah. you help us harvest, we already have the pollen yep. in there. Yep. But if you want pollen otherwise... It's like those little pellets, right? Right, which I, I don't necessarily recommend as the way that we're doing it right now. It's rough on the honeybees. Uh -huh. But the backyard beekeeper like yourself or working with local beekeepers like myself, you see how we harvest. Like it, It's straight from your hive into the jar into your body. You're getting plenty of pollen that way. And you're not overstraining. You're not heating to make it run through all these plastic pipes. Hmm. I could take you on a tour of some of these commercial companies and it would blow your mind. Well, I've, then, sorry. I found rats in the vats. But the good thing about honey is, is it's antimicrobial. Yeah, right. It'll survive any, it can, yeah. The, the, guy, <laughs> the guy that was pumping out those thousands of gallons of honey, when we notified him that there were rats in the vat, he didn't dump it out. He put it in the jars. They don't have to? Like by law or by regulations? Well, the regulations kind of on, on honey is so there's nothing really because it's it's one of those agriculture byproducts. So well, then why are they pasteurizing it? Because it makes it easier. Oh, okay. So if you go to a farmers market still, you can. But well, that that would be shaking the farmer's hand. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah go for to, the honey. Right, right. And that's the other thing too is, I I know what people like you want to put in their body. I couldn't sleep at night. If I didn't make sure you were getting the best quality honey, I'm a farmer. I'm. I, I don't know why anybody else would grow food. Yeah, I'm starting. I mean, this is going off on a little bit of a tangent, but it does relate to developing our own sovereignty. I've always found it super important to try to grow as much food as I can, produce as much food as I can right. uh, at home. Right. And like I said earlier, maybe it's just because of having young kids, but it's a big task. It's a big thing to do. And it's something that at times I wonder if I'm really cut out for it because I mean, okay, you plant a fruit tree, you, it, it kind of is good. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it'll eventually start, you know, bearing fruit, uh, vegetables kind of the same, but a little more often, a little more frequently. The bees obviously need quite a bit of attention. And then the chickens need even more attention. Oh. And if you have rabbits or whatever else at home, there's a lot of work that goes into developing your own food sovereignty at home. Right. Uh, but then someone like you comes in here and says, you, like, with passion, like, you're a food producer. Yes. You know, and you can't sleep at night if you know that people aren't getting their honey because you know how good it is for them. And I know it's a similar story for ranchers out there for people growing tomatoes and peppers or whatever it is at the farmer's market is there's some, some people have a passion yeah. for creating food and... This, I don't want to get woo-woo about it, but I mean, why wouldn't you want to consume food from someone that grows it or creates it with a passion, right? Right, And with love 
And why wouldn't you prefer that, right? Like, there's so many sides to the conversation. I know, yeah. like, we talk about, you know, like, f the corporate monopolies over processing facilities for beef, right? And that that industry alone, had, like, you're, they're shipping cattle from all over the world. Just because it says USDA doesn't mean it's coming from the USA. It just it's means it's processing. Yeah. And so, like, what does that mean in regards to the quality of the food? Maybe that's subjective. Maybe that depends on your own personal tolerance. Right. But the point is, it's just wasteful. Very. And if we don't want to support the waste, then we should just be getting our food directly from the producer. Right. Like, in, in as many forms as possible. And so I brought up our own homesteading efforts because... When you do live in a place where you're fortunate enough to shake the hands of your food producers, fucking do it. Do it. Do it. Any opportunity you can. And then when, when shit hits the fan, the proverbial fan, yeah. in inevitably or not, you'll be ready. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be completely reliant on yourself. You do what you can at home, and then you make friends, and yeah. you build community out there. Right. And then, like... At least you'll be on the waiting list for that honey or for yeah. whatever instead of like, you know, the food producers are going to be all popular. If there's no food on the supermarket, they're going to be the newest cool kids in town. And like if you didn't get to know them before, then you might not have a chance anymore. Well, let me let me let me just tell you how the process goes in the commercial beekeeping industry, which accounts for pretty much all honey that you see. OK, but not just that all bees all queens that are produced. Okay. So we happen to live on the Bee Island, the Queen Island, which is the big island of Hawaii, where 60% of the queens originally originate from here. 60%. Almost. Three of the largest queen breeding companies in the world are located here. Queen? Okay. And they're all owned by the same company, and we won't mention that name right now, but maybe you'll throw a flash up later. But... The way that they breed queens is dangerous. And this is a three-step process that for some reason, old school bee, bee keepers and queen raisers, they, they sort of just got pushed out. So they raise the queen. They gas her, knock her out with gas, take a semen, and inject it in her. And then she becomes a breeder queen. And then she is fed sugar water. And here I am currently detoxing off sugar. And I spoke about the inflammation and the damage that obviously is done from processed sugar. So they sugar. inflame the queen. Well, they inject her with semen instead of letting her take her one and only natural mating flight where she can receive about 20 different semen samples from 20 different drones and we could talk about the more fun aspect of that where you know this is literally what's happening out there in the sky but that virgin takes her one and only mating flight and the first drone explodes inside of her and becomes detached from his penis and falls to his death within seconds this happens right but the next one has to come pull the first one's operating junk out to put his in and do the same thing and fall to his death and this process happens, you know, minimum 10 times in one mating flight. But on a really good mating yard, on a really good cone a day, you can bet a natural mating will take place of about 20 drones with one mating flight. Well, 
when you raise bees on sugar water, they're not instinctively foraging then, right? Not only that, when, they're, when the queen who has the natural ability to, you know, practice and discover the different types of semen inside her, as we know with genetics, right? You are born better at things than I am. You're also born predisposed to things different than I am. I'm better at, at other things than you are. And together we learn these process from each other, right? Right. That's how we do it. Well, you rob the queen of this practicing behavior of discovering the semen inside her when you inject it in her. So, wait, all the different semen samples, is she selecting what she wants or is she just like, is her DNA like learning from it? or like but, Both. And so when the next drone bee comes, they're just pulling out the junk. They're not pulling out the semen. No, his whole package. Right. But the explosion already took place, right? Yeah, the explosion already took place. He left his semen inside her. Right. Okay. So then the queen is just collecting all these samples. And then, to, I mean, maybe we can't know, but essentially she chooses what to take on to the colony? Correct. Wow. Not just that, based on the elements. We know different bees are better at some things than others. You have the, the European, you have the Japanese, you have the Russian, you know, all these different varieties of, of honeybees. And they have different elements to deal with in their, in their particular areas. And here we are in Hawaii and shipping these queens everywhere. Why is it done here? Because of the perfect weather, not just mm -hmm. that. It's, it's, you know, just like growing marijuana. When you grow marijuana, you're in a bloom place. This is mm -hmm. 12 and a half hours. Boom, boom, bloom, bloom, bloom. Everything's blooming here. So the bees have plenty of forage. But um, because of the process of now, give me now, 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 feed them processed sugar, use different types of acids and gases for mites and other pests use roach poison inside the hive for beetles and all this stuff is in your honey because they don't take they don't take the honey they're supposed to but because of the regulations they don't the lack of them i see it i worked in the industry i worked in commercial beekeeping i saw it and then you have back you know like you have other beekeepers that, that use different types of treatments for mites, but they leave their honey boxes on and they sell honeycomb. And, you know, that's challenging. That's challenging for me to witness and observe because I will not talk bad about anyone. I won't. Um, and simultaneously watching, you know, companies sell this product and call it honey it it bothers me mm. because it it you know people then have trust issues beyond trust issues because food sovereignty is like health in all the different forms you know so you're a beekeeper you're a bee services man in town how do you provide queens i clients? don't well, how do you, yeah, what, how does the process work? Because you helped us get our colony started, for example. Where did the queen come from? So I raise all my queens specifically with genetic diversity. I have two different mating yards, and I make sure that um, when I raise a new hive, I take elevation 
at least into play. And, um, you know, you live near Kalapana, but if you go towards the, the, the top part over there, you're at a totally different elevation. You're, you can, you know, yeah. it's, it's rainy even at the top different of Kalapana. microclimate. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So I wouldn't put these bees that I raised here over there mm. and expect the same thing. Mm. Now, if we're only going for honey, or if we're only going for bee production, you know, that's the thing is if you don't if you don't take all of those things into consideration, you're just raising an animal without your conscious imprint. You're not thinking about what's going to happen to that animal tomorrow, but more importantly, what's going to happen to you. And it's kind of like this. Well, it's the same thing we were talking about earlier. It's just kind of this disrespect towards other forms of life. Right. Because it's all about us. But I, I don't want to hate on that either because right. I know some people would argue that nature is fucking cruel. And nature isn't going to give you anything. You got you to gotta work for it. You also got to fight for it sometimes. And we don't really need to fight for it against bees. So, I mean, I feel I have chickens back there that I have in a, a chicken run. Yeah. Not just a coop to keep them safe at night, but a chicken run. And it's, they don't want to be in there. No. And as much as I don't want them shitting on... <laughs> and they know, eat our, all your food. <laughs> yeah, on our porch or eating the cat food. Yeah, and then they're knocking over some of my baby trees. Right. By just burrowing in there. Yeah. And I'm just... But they don't want to be... They're wild birds. They just don't want to be locked up. And I just can't stomach it. I don't... Like, I never thought that going into it. I built the chicken coop for that purpose, was to be able to keep them locked up. But I just said, I don't want to be locked up. Why should these chickens want to be locked up? I didn't know any of this either, you know? And then trying my hardest to be sovereign, trying my hardest to be a sustainable food grower. Then you realize how much work and commitment it is. But I can tell you one thing. I know what I don't want, and that is what they're doing commercially. Commercial agriculture is using chemicals out the wazoo. Roundup, even though glyphosate, glyphosate is glyphosate. proven to cause four different types of cancer, it's proven. It's still being sprayed on the sides of the roads. What that does to bees and what that does to our gut biome, not just our gut biome, but the tiny cilia, the tiny little hairs on the inside of our body, it's insane that we allow this still. And we'll talk about cow farts. Well, Hawaii County just outlawed, banned it, right? From the spraying on the... They just sprayed yesterday. The They're still They're spraying. They're still doing it? Yeah. But there was a new like regulation put in place. Of course. I don't course. know when it starts, though. It might not start yet. Well, I was I on my old podcast. I went to Maui, had Mark Sheehan on my podcast, who was personally responsible for stopping the growth of Barra Monsanto in Hawaii. Mm. But they're on Molokai. They're one of the biggest employers there, actually. They, they change one ingredient. And that's a new herbicide. Mm. And it's not banned. It's still on the shelves. You go into Home Depot, it's still being sold there. You know, it, I, don't, I don't get it. But... That's one thing I, I made a little joke. I just said, we, you know, we're talking about cow farts 
and its impact on our environment. Meanwhile, we know for a fact, without a doubt, the damage done to our, our most significant pollinators, but not just that, what it does to us. Glyphosate Roundup is destructo numero uno, and <laughs> we're talking about other things. I, it, it's still happening. It's beyond, you know, my, I can't even conceive why it's still happening. So, a little interjection real quick. Mm-hmm. There are no sponsors for this show, as of yet. So, if you find value in anything you hear, your tips and donations are appreciated. There are links in the show notes, whether traditional, like Venmo or any of that, and also Bitcoin, Lightning... It's very appreciated if you choose to make a donation. Uh, you can also stream this episode on Fountain Podcasting app, and uh, you can do value for value on there, stream Satoshis, and that will also help bring exposure to the show through the app. So we thank you for, for using Fountain when you can. And another great way you can support the show is to head over to SovereignStatesOfMind.com and become a monthly patron. For as little as $1 per episode, we do it for $4 a month. There's an episode a week. It's a dollar per episode. And that is greatly appreciated as well. There's also a content creator membership option we're exploring where you get full rights to use and publish the highlight clips from any episode as long as you tag the guest. Now, I haven't talked to the guests about this yet, but it's something I'm exploring because I think amongst the people that would use it, it's a pretty solid network. I mean, if you care to use any clips from here, unless you're trying to prove that, you know, these people are crazy or something with whatever, go ahead. Uh, but the people that would want to kind of repurpose this content, I feel like they probably have good intentions. Could be wrong about that. But anyway, that's uh, a bit more per month. But if you think that your brand could use some of this content, check it out. You can talk to me about it. And I'm looking forward to collaborating. So, Monsanto, you mentioned before we got started about bees being murdered in Australia. Yes. What's going on with that? Oh, well, there's a huge rabbit hole. And once again, I won't sell anyone up or down any rivers, so I won't mention any names. And we live on an island, so people are going to know who I'm talking about. But there was a breeding program. Here here. or in Australia? Here. Here. Okay. And we should not be shipping bees or smuggling bees or queens to any other places. And especially if they don't have a consistent uh, mite count. So Australia was uh, mite-free until recently. And they're not... When bees were smuggled over there? (laughs) <laughs> well, we we don't know for sure. We, we, okay. Yeah, All but right. but they're just but happened to be they showed up. Okay. somehow they showed up, and you, you know you could you could test genetic traits. So how these genetics are there, who knows? Just happened to coincide with a breeding program, but we're not going to mention any names. And now there's mites there, as, and enough to cause some sort of panic. And I don't know, some of your viewers may have seen some videos going around, but that's the other thing is why these videos aren't being shown as regular as like the twerk video is beyond me. Because if you see the beekeepers there and the devastation of losing 17 hives because the government came and poured petrol in their hives to kill their hives, and 
devastated beekeepers. But so they came to do that for the mites problem. Yeah, because they okay. don't want to spread the mites. So that is an issue. You know, pests, parasite type things can spread quickly. So in a place where they don't have this parasite, the first sign of it caused panic and a government reaction. Mm. But now, if you look at what they're doing for the almond industry, they're importing bees again, just only for the almond, in the commercial almond industry. That is, they just killed all these hives from importing. How do they kill the hives by, by importing almonds? Oh, no, no, no. They're importing bees for the almonds. They're all, now they're going to pass, they did pass a regulation that allows importing bees from places that have mites. Okay, so what we're saying is it's importing all the pests and stuff yeah. that comes with it as well. And, and they just got done killing it. And that's the way they solve the problem is by, okay, gotcha. And then it's the commercial industry. They have the money, so they're going to, of course, accommodate. So I know a few years ago, uh, I think it was around 2010, I remember hearing about it the first time, but hearing about how just like bees are dying randomly yeah. everywhere. And I remember seeing it, and I've probably seen it ever since, just like a dying bee struggling on the ground. Is that a natural phenomenon, or is that because of some new shift in society? Because I thought maybe it's just something I never noticed before. Have you noticed dead bees inside the hive? Oh, uh, well, I don't check in there. I'm too scared. But You, you, you won't. And that's because they know when they're going to die, and they won't. And they leave? Yeah. So that's normal. That's very normal. Also, in the process of dying, an undertaker bee which is a, a, a job that they have, they will carry that, that uh, either infected larvae or dying bee out. It's called the undertaker bee? Yep. Yeah, their job that. is undertaker. <laughs> and, and yeah, so it's, a, it's a wonderful job, actually. But, um, but yeah, the, the, you'll notice specific glyphosate reaction, though. The, the uh, tongue is stuck out. and So that is real? That's real. The uh, bee is shaking. Because they you, got sprayed or... Well, they, they either got it? sprayed, but odds are they actually didn't get sprayed. They, they, they exposed themselves by, by drinking something that was tainted. Mm. Yeah. A lot of people talk about like downwind and this, that, and this. That doesn't necessarily... That's not always the case. Now, if you're next to a huge field, like the state of Hawaii, for example, sprays. Huge fields. And now, if you are immediately downwind of something like that, or a big giant papaya field, where you, you, or macadamia nut field, you can see that they spray. If you're downwind of that, you, you, you may notice. Um, but what I'm talking about is the direct drinking or consuming of Roundup, which is one of my very early discoveries. I exposed bees. Well, I did it to myself first. I would never test my animals with anything that I haven't tested on myself. I exposed myself to lactobacillus, and then I drank Roundup, and I was fine. So then I did it to the bees. They were fine. Mm -hmm. And this is also proven. Lactobacillus helps fortify and regenerate the gut biome. That's a probiotic, right? Correct. And is it, it in is, honey? Well... That's a good question, but no. Is um, it once you start fermenting honey? Is it yeah. There? Yeah. <laughs> and um, 
you know, specifically with pollen. So in pollen patties now, the substitutes that they are using for bees, about 50% of them or half of the pollen substitutes globally now have lactobacillus in them. And that's really encouraging because bee death used to be up there at about 80% annually. And now it's hovering around 50%, which is, I'm still not satisfied with that, but I'm one of those people that's probably never satisfied. Mm -hmm. So I'm always trying to be better. I'm always trying to be better than I was yesterday. And um, I, I think that if you're going to feed bees, you should at least occasionally feed them lactobacillus. Interesting. And you should not ever feed them white refined sugar, ever. <laughs> that's, I wouldn't feed any living creature that. Right. <laughs> that's, it's worse than feeding a human three times a day Taco Bell. Yeah. Like, don't, just don't do it. Right, right. It's funny. We were talking about that with our kids lately because our kids do have sweets. Yeah. And they do, like, enjoy, like, some of the fun parts of being a kid. But it's always, like, of a high caliber. Yeah. It's like there's there's no canola oils or anything like that. We don't buy anything with that in the house. And then, I mean, some of these little fruit bars we get sometimes have, like, yeah. apple, apple juice concentrate in it or whatever. But they're small. But in general, our goal is to make sure that, yeah, no living creature we come in contact with consumes any of this junk. And I'm not a purist. Right. So I it's how can you be without right. stressing yourself out? And I, I wanted to bring this up earlier about like cancer and stuff. Yeah. Isn't stress like what causes cancer? I mean, I don't know if that's true. There's probably no evidence for that. But from what I've learned, from what I've heard, from experiences, observations, podcasts I've heard with holistic doctors, like stress is the big killer. It is. It dehydrates our cells, period. Hmm. Period. And then what is cancer that eats it up? Is it a living thing? Well, it's, I mean, we're not doctors here. But. Well, it, long story short, if we can break it down as simple as possible, it's a parasite being fed. Essentially. And, right. Essentially. And then the, the cell and the network that that cell is experiencing, it's almost like as if it's contagious inside your body. So if you have one damaged cell, then the one next to it might get damaged. Yeah, unless... So, and, and this is so layman, and I, it's accurate, but it's it's like a kind of dangerously talking about it. Yeah, sure, sure. We're not qualified to do it like that. But then, so if we're going to talk about bee venom therapy, for example, mm -hmm. bee venom being kind of like an antidote to cancer, Yes. how do we relate that to stress? What's happening? Is it because it's so uncomfortable? It's kind of like, I, I don't know pushing the body's limits until you just do you stop have hormones? stressing out. <laughs> do you have hormones? I imagine I do, don't, don't we all? I think so. Yeah. And histamine. You know, we talked about allergies again. I'm all, I'm all about antihistamines when I have that hay fever. <laughs> well, hormones and histamines are kind of like, oh, are they even different in my opinion? Uh-huh. So when you're producing certain hormones, you might be experiencing a histamine issue or a reaction, or at a minimum, you might very well be leaving yourself vulnerable. So with stress like you're talking about, it may not be causing cancer, but what you're doing when you're stressing yourself like that is leaving yourself vulnerable to the disease. Mm. 
and then the 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 multiplication of the defunct cells in your body. So if you're not breathing full deep breaths, are you even giving your cells the proper oxygen? The answer is no. So if you're stressed, you have anxiety, at a minimum, you could be causing cancer right there. Mm-hmm. So histamine or hormone reactions are potentially doing constrictions on different parts of your body. Mm-hmm. Calcifications, like that's a the joint. You know, if, if you have major calcium buildup, there's something going on there with the cells. There cannot be a void in this body. So something has to take its place, and that's calcium deposits, which could eventually be tumorous, which could eventually be cancerous, right? So once again, we're talking kind of loosely about it and dangerously and not like a doctor would, but in a nutshell, that's basically what's happening. For, and me, for me, it loops back around to this Western versus Eastern, I guess like the holistic approach, which mm-hmm. is when you have a overall harmony you're experiencing with existence yeah. your body your mind your emotions you know and sometimes it gets out of balance like if you're hung over for example uh and it might take a few days to recover and the more focused you are the easier that hangover might be for me alcohol is a big killer it's a no-no because i get so distracted for a few days i can't focus on what's important to me. it's not even about a headache or i can handle the physical part of the hangover i can recover from it but the mental part is just like the energy's gone it's, it's a chemical imbalance now and so when we apply that to like different like the broad spectrum of health issues that could happen a lot of it's just due to some kind of imbalance going on and for me i've had a yoga practice for a long time and my partner always gets kind of upset that i'll never go to the doctor yeah. And I'll say, like, I know if something's wrong with me. Yeah. I know it. Mm-hmm. I feel it. I can think it. If I'm not thinking it, I know it's my, I'll have certain, a certain lens over my thought process. Right. Like, I believe I have sovereignty over my, my physical vessel enough to know what's going on. And I'm not about to outsource uh, that responsibility to a fucking doctor. Especially here. Especially now. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I've just always been that way. And right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and she has a point that sometimes there are certain circumstances where it's good to go get an x-ray to see what's going on. So then you can heal it at home, like do it your way, right? Like see what's going on with your back there and that vertebra, and then we'll figure out the right yin yoga poses to fix it. (laughs) But essentially what I'm getting at is when you do have a consistent practice with keeping yourself in harmony. Yeah. And that's not to say you don't get drunk once in a while or slip up because we're human. But if you do have a consistent practice of coming back to balance, I'm of the belief that you won't develop something like cancer because it's kind of like you squash it out as it begins. And I've recognized certain moments in my life that were so impactful mm-hmm. that I'm like, if I hold on to it, I can't stop thinking about it. Right? right. And like you mentioned earlier, like, don't say, don't apologize. And that energy is better used towards, you know, making yourself better as opposed right. to, you know, and then you can show up to that person, you know, as it, as a forgiven soul or whatever. But when you, when you're really just being in control of who you are in that physical, in that physical being, then you know. It's you the know only if thing we can wrong. control, right? Yeah, and that intuition is so strong. Like you feel it in your gut. You it's do. like the first brain. 
It's before the the brain is the gut, and the the mind starts there. Mm -hmm. Yet we are so programmed to think that an expert has to tell us what's wrong. And you keep eating that sprayed food and that commercial just lack of nutrient food from the industry using and the it'll chemicals. it'll problems that you know. Like, I get constipated. Yeah. I lived in Thailand for a year. I was an English teacher. Mm-hmm. And every day, we'd go eat the Thai food, right? You know, get curries, get fried rice, whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they were cooking with MSG. Right. And then as soon as I learned you could order it without MSG, I was like, oh, I've been constipated for nine months. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have anything with... If I eat anything with, like, canola oil or whatever, I'm dead after... My day is done. I'm lazy. I'm lethargic. I'm in a bad mood. Right. That is like tangible evidence right there that I don't want to consume these things, that these things have a negative effect on me. And at a young age, if we just learn to become conscious yeah. of the effects of these things, then we can mitigate against things like cancer, I think. Drink drink mead, honey mead made by a beekeeper versus drinking over-the-counter freaking beer, beer and alcohol. <laughs> it's nine-day difference. I could drink three bottles of my mead and I don't get any more or less buzzed than drinking one bottle. <laughs> but don't you feel it? Like you consume more alcohol the next day? No. I, it still has to no, go through your stomach, right? There's no after effects. I wake up the next day... Actually, there's one after effect, and I love that one. What is it? Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it's <laughs> the sugar high. The... No, no, the the like the morning ritual routine. You know, you sip your coffee and go sit on the porcelain throne, <laughs> and that reaction, I'm very happy about. So, you know, I may only drink mead, you know, once every other week, um, but the the next day, I'm like, whoa, I cleared something extra out. Mm. And it's called neutral spirit for a reason. It, when you drink the, the, like even wine now, they're testing with high levels of, of um, aluminum, but also more importantly, um, glyphosate. Oh, really? Yeah. When they say it's sulfites too, right? And the sulfates, yeah. I remember, I, I mean, to this day, I cannot drink wine this cheap. I'll get a headache after like 10 minutes. Immediate I'll headache. never even get a buzz. I'll just right. get sick. I'm, like, I'm not going to do this. I want to have fun. Right. I'll be sick tomorrow if right. I drink. Yeah. <laughs> but we kind of got off a little bit. But the, the, the hormone imbalance and histamine, that's why B-venom therapy, it, it blurs the lines of reality, if you ask me. Because you're changing that. You're literally changing that when you continue to get B-Venom therapy. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, something I've never experienced. So it's hard for me to create language for it beyond what I can imagine or what I've heard. Yeah. And the same goes with cancer. The same goes with a lot of the stuff we're talking about. I can, we can only speak from what we know, what we observe. And so there's definitely no concrete facts being spouted out by me here. Right. Uh, yeah. My rant earlier is, yeah, it's about personal awareness yeah. and being aware of yourself. And from there, like, once again, you can intuit if this bee thing is, is going to be right for you or not. The bee sting. Thing. I used to I used to think that it was my mission to to change commercial beekeeping so that they would stop, you know, raping queens and stop just taxing 
the industry like that and just mass producing at such a low quality. And then I realized that that, that that's focusing on so much negativity it was causing me stress. I, so then I was like, okay, with bead venom therapy, these people are coming to me. It's much more relaxed. These people are generally desperate too because they don't want to go through all of that other treatment the western medicine treatment and um you know then you see someone's true real experience their raw real healing and it's it's so impactful that that's now really my has become more my main mission is Mm -hmm. to help facilitate that a lot more you know um you know why these things aren't paid for that I think that there's some ways that I could figure that out down the road. But um, in the meantime, making more examples of like bee beds and more examples of bee chambers, a way to breathe the air from the hive, um, making bee venom therapy more available, talking about it a little bit more. Um, that's kind of more where I'm focusing. Yeah, building awareness of it. So yeah. I bet, you know, from the big corporate bee company, even if you became the CEO, how much could you really change? How much could you change? Yeah. I mean, I used to think I was building a network of positive, uplifting, authentic right. media to change the way we do media. And right. it's really like I was just causing myself a bunch of stress, focusing on everything that's wrong with the way we consume media exactly. on the planet. Right. And what you really got to do is just go do it. Go do it. Go do the work. Yeah. And then the vision, you have the vision already. Right. Just go do the work and it'll, it'll, you might tack a little bit, but you'll get there. But you have to do what makes sense. It has to be sustainable. It has to be passionate. The and first time I worked with a woman that had breast cancer severely, she had no nipple. It was gone. And after about 12 sessions of bee venom, her nipple started to grow back. Bullshit. I'm not bullshit. <laughs> I can't believe that. No way. I'm not bullshit. She grew a and, nipple. And women back? with cancer will know what I'm talking about. When they heal themselves of cancer. Their the, nipples grow back? Well, okay. Or- so it's not that the nipple like completely vanished, but there is, I forget the name of it right now. I didn't sleep last night. Um, the areola or like a part of the nipple? There is, it, it has a particular name. Okay. And, and it's when the cancer begins to erode at the skin like that. And... What? It, the body is amazing. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say like lizards, like we have the geckos around here and sometimes we close the door and smash their tails and then a few weeks later we'll see the gecko's tail growing back. Yeah. Like, holy shit. And well, I don't... The, how about skin cancer? This is another one. that The woman that gave me this coin, when she first started visiting me, she wasn't even bleeding. It was just pus oozing out of these huge wounds on her body. And eventually they scabbed. And eventually they bled. When you have consistency with thick blood, then you know there's healing. Before that, it was just pus. So I, once again, I'm talking very basic and layman, but yeah. doctors know the difference. If you, if you touch an infected area, you will get pus. If you touch a damaged area, you will get blood. Mm. So... Now, over time, I saw that all that returning, and then the scab came, and then the healing happened, and eventually the wounds are gone. 
And, you know, to go from gaping wounds that aren't even bleeding, just pussing, just constantly open, to, to bleeding and then scabbing, I don't, I don't need any more proof. But watching and seeing the people have a, a newfound love for life again, mm. that. Yeah, and that goes back to the overall holistic sense of well-being. Is like there's this thing that's like sucking all your energy to be happy. Mm-hmm. It's like of all the energy we need to survive, happiness is kind of like one of the last things we get, right? And it only comes after, you know, hard work, exercise, <laughs> being creative, loving right. others, you know. But like when you got something there sucking all the energy out of you, you're doing all you can to survive, you're not going to thrive. No. And you just keep multiplying the stress. Right, exactly, because it's compounding, right? It's the compounding cells just, the cells. You know, it's crazy, right? Yeah, and all the love to all you cancer, all you cancer yes. warriors out Thank there, you. and all the all the different, uh, I guess, autoimmune disorders right. and illnesses like that. There's so many of them, and mm. I mean, just to think of how many of them are actually just caused by the skewed society we live in. Like, just yeah. the values are all skewed, so our health becomes all skewed right. and like, you know, some of us are lucky to come out unscathed. Yeah. I've considered myself very fortunate to have the health and pretty trauma free. I mean, we all got trauma, I guess, uh, because we came out of the womb, Right. but, uh, fairly trauma free as far as childhood goes and family and all that. And I told you I'm reading his memoir right now. And I'm like, Holy shit. Holy shit. Did you read it? That's another thing. Why would I go to the doctor I just broke my finger, like I said earlier, and the sucker was laying sideways over here and sticking up. And I had a poker game with your next guest, Nick, uh-huh. and I just because he's an athlete, so I just walked up to him. I knew instinctively he was the first person that came to mind. Wait an hour because I broke. I was going to be playing poker in an hour after I broke my finger. Just wait, and Nick will put it back into place for you. That's exactly what happened. I walked up to him. I said, Nick, look at my finger. Can you, can you pop damn. it back in? He just yanked it, and you heard it, and it just popped right back into well, place. That's what you got to do. Same with like a shoulder dislocation. Yeah. Right? yeah. And that's all the doctor would do. That's all the doctor's going to do. And, you know, it, it, the only experience that he needed was being an athlete and having seen it happen before. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily... It, of course, if it was more significant, I might not trust Nick. <laughs> but like the things that that man has been through, I can relate. Right. And I trust him. Get sovereign. Get Create so- content. My personal mission as Jordan Herbs, as I discover my own message and personal branding, my mission is to help empower you to have a voice. You may not know it yet, but you do have something to say. And that's one thing I love about the creator economy. I don't know if you're familiar with it too much, Shane, but everyone sees, uh, we all see people with their own course or ebook and all this stuff and they have their social presence and it's beautiful because it's someone taking their earned insights and turning it into a business for the people that care. They're providing value to, to a small group of people. It doesn't need to be millions of people, your audience, all you need, they say all you need is uh, 1000 true fans. Hmm. as a musician as a writer as anything and then you can you can do what you want to do but you need those fans and i think these days they say you might only need a hundred 
And if you're providing real value to people with insight and experience that only you have, right? you learn to package it, you focus on it, you create content about it, you turn it into a story, other people will gravitate towards it because we're humans. And that's how we learn is through other people, through stories. Right. Everyone's got a story. If you recognize that you're on this journey to share a message with the world, one that invigorates you and fills you with passion, then I want to invite you on the podcast to discuss it because I believe your voice should be heard. And by finding your voice, you are practicing some of the highest forms of sovereignty that exists. Uh, finding who you are, being who you are, and owning it and broadcasting yourself to the world as you showing up is one of the highest forms of sovereignty we can experience in this world. Agree or disagree? 1,000%. Uh, I want you to invite you on the podcast to discuss it. And from there, we'll make engaging highlight clips. From every conversation I have on the podcast, I do that anyway. They make great content for building your brand and generating attention while maintaining a consistent online presence. All these things are necessary to start generating revenue in the creator economy. You got to start making content. You got to get out there. So if you've got your message, if you want to explore it more, you want to talk on this show, let's get sovereign. Let's make content. Thank you. Anything you want to say before we wrap it up? I just really appreciate this opportunity. And, and you know, being sovereign, you know, I, I think it's an ongoing process. And I want to recommend to everyone, it, it will get hard at times. But just as long as you're not fully quitting. You take breaks. Take baby steps, small steps, whatever you need to do. Just don't quit. Always be able to make adjustments. It's a lot of dedication. And... You know, it's almost like <sighs> what you can't accomplish today, you may make strides at at least. And, and don't give up at all, really. Like, like you were talking about your chickens. Oh, mm. just try one thing, try the next thing, keep trying. It's funny because on this YouTube channel, we're starting, it's like all the videos are just about my chicken coop efforts, <laughs> like DIY chicken coop this. And now like I'm thinking the next one will be like, you know, how to butcher your chickens because you're done with them. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> Real quick, regarding the language we use surrounding sovereignty, you said earlier, be sovereign. Yeah. Are we sovereign or are we always striving towards it? Is it something that's always shifting or is it a state that we are as the world around us shifts? I, I think what you just said is ultimately always going to be the case. The only thing I have control of is my reaction. <laughs> and I think, it, you know, if I think that I'm sovereign and that I've accomplished everything that it is to be sovereign, I'm going to learn a pretty rough lesson probably. That's what the bees teach me too. As soon as I think I have it all figured out, show me something new. That's fascinating that bees can help you dig deep like that. Yeah. So when we boil away money, Bitcoin, food, homesteads, whatever, it boils down to here we are in a body and beyond the body, this being inside of it that has a choice, yeah. always has a choice. Will you pull me out of my state of equilibrium? Will I let this thing happening take me away from my well-being, from right. my peace? Right. Is that what sovereignty is? I think that's what sovereignty is. And then, you know, the one thing, like I said, I don't necessarily apologize all the time, but when I recognize people like yourself that are working on yourself, I may remember to say, good job. 
I probably am not going to say it in front of anybody else either. I'm probably going to catch you one day alone. If I happen to see you do something really cool, I might remember to tell you. Offer some encouragement. Encouragement, you know, and, and we could do that for each other. And that's why we need community. We, like three people that I've worked with with cancer have left the building. But I've worked with hundreds, and they're walking around still, and they're doing well. But the three people I think about all the time are those. Where can people read testimonies? Or are there? There's got to be a YouTube video out there of someone show, showing how they got they beat cancer with bee sting therapy. This is 2023, the age of YouTube. There, there are quite a few out there, and um, the the challenging aspect is is it like in Malaysia, for example, there's a huge therapy center there, but it, it, talking about it doesn't get spread very much, and because of laws and constraints and insurance, then you cannot actually say certain things. Like I cannot say bee venom cures cancer. I cannot say that. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Mr. Beast on YouTube uh, had a video a while back about curing a hundred or a thousand people from blindness. Yeah. Because there's this new surge. I didn't watch it. But like that blew up. Like I cured or like we cured a hundred people from blindness. There cannot be a reason why someone like him hasn't made a video saying we cured people from cancer using bee stings. Well, there, there was a viral video that just happened. Oh, there was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we can find these. Yeah, they're this, everywhere, okay. actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Then I'll try to reference. Maybe we'll put some of those in the show notes so people can see. Because I know there's probably a lot of skepticism. I should have said this in the beginning. But like everything we're talking, a lot of this conversation comes from a place of, comes from a place of, just uh trust i guess yeah. and inner trust in ourselves which once again is an important facet of sovereignty but that's not always what the internet audience is familiar with and so well to- look up lyme disorder really that's the biggest testimonial out there that you're gonna find is bee venom has shown and proven unequivocally to work with lyme disorder but then if you look at the cancer relation to Lyme, you start to see parasite. You start to see self-fermentation. You start to see all different kinds of things that, once again, you know, I'm speaking very layman so that everyone can kind of get a, a, a general idea of what's happening with the body. But I, I, am, I implore you to do your own investigative work anyway because that is part of sovereignty, right? All right. Yeah. Well, can people follow your work anywhere? Is there anything you want to share? Uh, I do have a social media, but I'm I'm just that that yeah, you're just you. That's the I, issue. I'm the with, beach armor. That's the issue with doing a in real life podcast around here. Is everyone is so interesting and has so much to say, but no one gives a no one cares about online presence and all of that. Everyone's just living their life here. I used to. I used to have a really good podcast and yeah. had quite a few famous people on it. Even I, what happened to it? Uh, I had Jane Elliott, that uh, the the older white woman educator about racism. I had T.K. Kirkland, a famous comedian. Um, Matthew Silver, who's on tour in New York and New Jersey right now, the comedian. All kinds of cool, famous people. And speaking of sovereignty, we even had uh, Gene T- Tomashiro on. He was our first guest. I don't know who that is. Uh, the King of Sovereignty. Oh, really? Yeah. But, um, but yeah. I really enjoyed my podcast, but, you know, 
that focusing on the negative thing that was really hard for me mm. because I tell you, I, I get so burnt that Roundup is being still being sprayed and applied. I get so frustrated that we get distracted by everything talking about how this is bad and this is bad and this is bad. Meanwhile, schools are still applying Roundup with our kids there. Well, schools are feeding cardboard to their kids yeah. for lunch. Yeah. I mean, there's a million things, but anyway, we could talk about I that loved later. that cardboard pizza I got in elementary <laughs> school. And I, I never got to buy lunch. We always got packed lunches, but right. I remember getting to eat in that fucking disgusting pizza yep. that I loved. And we don't know any better. We don't know any better. My poor parents. I know. Like, especially, yeah, that my, my dad started getting into health a lot more as I was like maybe around 10. And so from there on, there was more consciousness about it in the house. But even so, like compared to what we know now. Right. And back then, I'm like, I feel so bad for, for <laughs> any parents that chose to do a little research on. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Because, I mean, even when we go to Costco now, which is where my parents shopped when I was growing up. There's so many alternatives. I mean, it's still packaged food, which yeah. I, you know, in general, packaged food, packaged food. But there's some products that are just like straight whole foods in it. And then we eat them like a pizza dough. It's like oh, a paleo pizza dough or whatever. And we eat it and I feel great. Mm -hmm. If you give me any other pizza dough or some, some frozen pizza or even going to the pizza shop and I'm gluten free, a gluten free dough, I'll be dead after. I'll be tired. Right. I'll eat half that pizza and right. I'll be gone. This thing, fine still moving and that's what food is supposed to be it's supposed to just be energy it's not supposed to be something you have to, to ske schedule a nap right. after, after eating it <laughs> you know what i would like to say one thing yeah cool the reason why i don't have a social media is because i got really really i took it personal i had as a man that doesn't make twerk videos i had seventy thousand followers on tiktok what the fuck? and they deleted not only me and any evidence that i even had a tiktok but my hashtag. Oh, so you got censored. I did. And, and if you look up hashtag thirst trap farmer, thirst trap farmer, you may still find some residue videos out there. But um, you just opened up a, a, another can of worms here. You got kicked off of TikTok. Not only did I get kicked off, they erased any evidence that I was there. And the people that know me know that I had 70,000 followers. There... I have viral videos. I talked about all parasite cleanses. I mean, the reason why we're eating papaya seeds, I'm not going to take credit, but that, this is years ago. So I that's had what you took personal was the platform, not like hates and the hate in the comments. Oh, I never got any hate. I had such an amazing social media. That's and you crazy. can still go, um, go on some social media platforms like uh, uh, Instagram and definitely Facebook and hashtag B programming, and you'll find our old podcast but the minute after we closed one of our podcasts what was the subject bear monsanto oh yeah the minute i noticed i'm like you know i don't know because you say keywords along with other things and they just know everything and then yeah so i was very particular after that to never do that again and i won't ever do that again you street you live streamed your podcast on on tiktok that's possible? I, on, on all of the platforms. You, I don't know about anymore. Or, yeah, but okay. you can, I had a specific app. And it projected to all the, the platforms at the same oh, time. that's cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you know Mr. Microbe, David Forsyth? No. You should have him on. Is he, he around here? Or is he's it? Mr. Korean Natural Farming. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I'd love to. 
Yeah, you just had Arrow, who's Mr. Mushroom. Yeah. You know, like like Arrow's another guy. I'm like, dude, you're so fascinating. You have so much information. You don't have an online presence. I mean, he does, but it's like you know, it's just who he is. It's just a guy that's right. posting pictures on Instagram once in a while. Right, and but that's like, what I resound to be. Is uh, you know, if somebody else wants to do that, you know, that go ahead. But like, I want to encourage people to please just reach out and find the real people. Well, I think that leads back to my the last uh, the last little commercial I shared, which is about if you if you think you have a voice and you want to make content, like get a hold of me, let's do this, come yeah. on the podcast, and especially around here, there is a I think there's a need to get a lot of people's perspectives out there. And I tried to do this before with a YouTube channel and videos, but it's not the right format. You can't really niche up and find right. the right audience, and it's hard to, to grow. And scale, and so now I'm trying to take things a little more, uh, I guess, uh, moderated or you know, a little more organized with a bit of a plan, strategy, strategy. There That's you go. The That's word a great strategy. Word. Yeah. And so, yeah. but there's different audiences, and you know, I, I was laughing with uh, with some guest I had on recently, but it's like there could be anyone listening to the subject matter of this, whether it's people that believed in all the COVID stuff for people that didn't. Right. And like, it's kind of all inclusive of anything political or anything that you really believe. Sovereignty transcends all that. It transcends Because it's it. about you. And so maybe there's going to be similarities to certain, I guess, political factions after that. And if you choose to play that game, whatever, play that game. But sovereignty is just you existing in this world and putting up the boundaries where you need to, choosing what you want to do when you need to, doing what you got to do, doing the work when you need to. And that's it. Everything else is just noise. Yeah. Because you're controlling your reaction. Hopefully. 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 I mean, that's something that, that's I mean. sovereignty. I'm, I got good at that uh, with time, right? Yeah. Working on it, right? And so I, I finally like graduated. Like, I don't react to people anymore. Right. Only my family with the, the ones closest to me they're the only people that get to see my reactions and that's i think very natural the people we're most safe with and close with right, right. but for the most part i hold my own very well uh compared to in the past and there's no reaction that someone can get out of me and do i not always feel my heart pounding oh i know you know is there something and i like asking myself okay how do i respond right now What's the right thing to do? How do I be a man? Yeah. I think that's important, too. Uh, we don't have as many men as we used to. Right. Just, like, standing strong and with integrity. It doesn't matter what your values are. Integrity is integrity. What will you show up tomorrow? In the truth of who you are. Show up as who you are. Yeah. Don't show up as what you're supposed to look like. Fake complacent right yeah trying to trying to get likes yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that is one thing i love about what's happening on the internet right now people can show up mm -hmm. sure you got a manicure you got to mm -hmm. curate that part of you that you're gonna sell yeah i take 10 pictures just to post one really do you yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah we all do and i mean that's not my style i'm not really into posting pictures of myself but some people love it no I, like anything like the bees you know i take 10 pictures of this same thing like so if you get the perfect one. till i get the perfect queen shot 
you know, especially I raise, you know, all different types of, of bees, but, you know, all different flowers, all different plants. But I can geek out. I'll just be taking pictures of the same sunflower in different angles with different, because I have a great phone, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, oh, my God, you just took 30 pictures of the same flower. Isn't that interesting? Like, we used to say, like, oh, we're not being present with the moment because we're taking pictures. And now, for some reason, we just completely accept that that's what we do. We create content from our moments, and then we share it. Yeah. But there is something beautiful about someone out there wants to see it. Yeah. Someone out there gets inspired by it. Have you ever seen a bee make love with a flower? I've stared at some of them out here in the garden sometimes. They're in there for a while. I want everyone to see that. (laughs) It's it's so beautiful, that experience. And, And that, to me, is why I love bees so much and why I'm so thankful to be at least on a path to be more and more sovereign every day. Thanks for coming on, Shane. Thank you, brother. Mm -hmm. Sovereign States of Mind.